Blog Talk Radio. Well, that's a great way to start a show, don't you think? Is anybody out there? I'm on yeah, I'm now. Yeah. Yay. All right. I have no idea what just happened, and we were just talking about <laughs> sound problems, and guess what happens? You get sound problems. But we're on. Um, if I do drop out again, I think this tech is on my end. I'm having some problems tonight. So if I drop out, guys, keep going, okay? It doesn't mean I'm not there. We'll it just means going. I need to come back. Yeah, excellent, because I know you guys can do this, and I'm I'm so happy to have everyone <laughs> on, and thank you. Welcome to The Sexy Witches, um, the Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the geek girl's perspective. I'm the head huntress, and we started off to a bad start, rocky, rocky start, but we're here, and I'm very happy. It is going to be a very jammed-packed episode tonight. I think I'm going to keep off the music for a while, maybe, because uh, it seems to be what's the problem is when I try to play a file or the woman who tells us what time it is comes on. We seem to have technical difficulties and even kicks me off the air. So we don't want that. No, we don't. Um, no. So, no, not at all. So welcome to Blog Talk and welcome to our sound. <clears throat> but we are live and that's the 
positive and there's a double-edged sword there. Um, so if you want to call in and talk about right now, we're going to do a recap of Days of the Dead. And then later on, we're going to do a recap of the Oscars. And then tonight at 1030, we're going to also do a Women in Independent Horror Month interview. Because this is my only Sexy Witches episode of February. Uh, her name is Emily Bennett. And she's an actress. And she also directs and writes. And her new short uh, Lovers, L-E-R-S, debuts tonight on the Alter Channel. So um, it's circled with Eteria Film Festival, which plays at Days of the Dead sometimes, which is also played this year. So it comes full circle. The Eteria Film Festival is always represented at Days of the Dead by Miss Stacey Pippi, who is one of the most badass women I know in the planet. Uh, So... um, and um, but I also have another badass woman on the planet here, and I've been holding out, Miss Janessa J. Welcome to the show again, and we have come full. Hello. Hello. We started talking about Dracula, and here we are recapping our visit with the Boulet brothers. How does that work? Yeah, that is perfect timing. That is absolute. It's serendipity. It's meant to be. It was kismet, right? It was absolutely, it was wonderful. Yes, and I was very lucky because at first, um, you know, when I I found out the Boulay brothers were going to be on the show, I was excited and immediately pinged Janessa. I'm like, oh my gosh, we gotta go, we gotta go. Because Janessa wasn't going to go to Days of the Dead, um, Atlanta. You were going to go to Vegas. That's right. Yeah, I was originally booked for Vegas, and... Then I saw the Boulay Brothers, and I was really sad, um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to miss that. That's going to be such a bummer. And then Stacy, actually, who puts on Etheria Film Night, she called me, and she said, is there any way that you can switch Vegas with Atlanta? And I said, why? And she said, we want you to moderate the Boulay Brothers panel. And I was like, that's not shit you say no to. <laughs> like, no, I was like, I will make it happen. Oh, we'll figure it, it out. Absolutely delight. So once again, Stacy is one of the most badass people on the planet, right? I'm not wrong about this. Yep. No. Oh, absolutely. Stacey. Yep. Yeah. So basically, handed you your dream a uh, dream come true on a platter. I mean, that that's it doesn't happen very often that something like that cool falls in someone's lap. Absolutely, and she let me stay in her hotel room because by that time, of course, hotel rooms were all booked up and and everything. So she actually let me stay with her in her hotel room. So. I adore her forever and ever. Oh, that's so sweet and wonderful. And um, so on my end of the things, I contact Brooklyn Ewing uh, because I often, for the last four out of five years, I've helped with the um, the in alternate track. At the used to be called the Blue Track, yeah. now it's called the House of Indy. I've been moderating panels. That's actually how Janessa and I met. Came to my panel, which I will always appreciate. The Cthulhu outfit is still my favorite. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> and so, um, this year I uh, offered my service at Brooklyn D and me to do this. Cause I was going to buy a ticket anyways at this point. Cause the Boulay brothers started answered and uh, she's like, no, we got it. We're, we're doing a different thing this year. We're not, we're going to do panels. And so I ended up buying the VIP package because I really, really wanted to go to see the Blu-ray Brothers, I was like, okay, it's gonna be worth it. <laughs> and and I, I for some reason this hotel always treats me well, and they did again. They gave me the uh, the rate uh, for the hotel, the uh, the 
Days of the Dead rate, and I got upgraded to the club room, which has happened once before. So I had access to food, sort of, even though it wasn't really food this time. <laughs> but that's another story. Oh, nice. Uh, but what was good about that is two days later, Brooklyn does contact me after I bought the tickets and says, we do need your help. Can you moderate a panel? So I was like, yes, I will do it. But, of course, you can't refund the VIP ticket. Um, not that I think I would. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have needed it as, as much. And, well, and so it ends up that because I didn't have take my slot on the list, I could give it to my co-host who's on the line right now. Miss Erin Marie, the Sexy Porn Witch. Welcome again to the Sexy Witches. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. So, so far, so good on avoiding the con crud. I, I still feel pretty okay. I was a little exhausted after getting home, but that was about it. That's good. I was a little tiring, but it was good. So I'm bringing you into this story now because I was able to bring you with me to – Days of the Dead, and so we shared a room together with our friend Nathan Hamilton, the son of Celluloid, because he needed a room too. So we had a very interesting packed house. It, it was a fun weekend, albeit was, uh, there were a few parts of uh, you know things that had never happened at the conventions before that uh, <laughs> happened at this one. A little shocking. <laughs> oh my yeah. goodness, it was. This, I would say, this year was a little different. Usually I'm very business-like because I've got a couple of panels, and I don't really party until about Saturday evening after everything is done because Sunday isn't really – I don't usually have a panel on Sunday, though I did at Days of the Dead Indianapolis. I had a Sunday morning panel. Um, but that's, another, that's another convention. Uh, <laughs> but um, but this this one, you know, I didn't have a panel till Friday evening. No, Saturday evening. I was the last panel of the day. I was at 6.30. And the only game in town. So we actually had a really packed room. And Erin Marie was there. And she thought it was pretty packed that whole time. So that was good. And I had a really awesome group of panelists there. Um, <laughs> it was an interesting panel, though. Um I've never had a panel like this before. Usually it's more technical or we're talking about movies directly, uh, how to make a, do a podcast. We also have, I've done 1987. One of my favorites is video nasty trivia. Love doing that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, um, but this year they, uh, it was how to make your first horror film. And so in, I would say that you both would agree me on this after doing all these conventions all these years that you just do it, do it, just go out there and do it. Cause nobody <laughs> knows how to make their first horror film. The first time they do it, they, they get better every time, you know, you can, you know, go read some books and go watch some movies and, and go do it by camera. You know, GoPros aren't that expensive even. Um, do it on a, on a thing. We got a, somebody calling in. So we see who it is. Um, so first panel of the night on Friday, and I'm going to throw it out to Janessa here, was, um, your panel with the Boulay brothers at 9 PM. So, um, before we get to my panel on day Saturday, talk about your panel and we were there, we watched it. We were very, it was a great panel. I actually say it was one of the most informative panels I've seen in a long time. Uh, can you talk about doing it? Not just how you felt about it, but talking to them and what stood out to you? 
Yeah, it was um, it was a lot of fun. It was a little intimidating going into it because they said that they wanted to meet with us um, beforehand. So they wanted to meet with me, and um, the DJ kind of came over with me as well. And uh, we met them, and at first they were a little bit kind of distant, and they were very Hollywood. They were like, we just want to talk about what information you want to cover, what direction are you going with the questions, are there going to be any curveballs? And I think they were just kind of anticipating that, you know, everybody everybody loves to spill the hot tea or whatever. And so, I, you know, I just kind of assured them, I'm not, you know, this is a place for horror fans. Um, you know, I want to ask you some hopefully thoughtful questions about the show and about how you came up with your inspiration and how you make choices about the show and things like that and the production. But there weren't going to be any surprises or any, like, bubble wah-wah kind of moments where I was going to try to, like, get you to break down or anything. It was all going to be very much um, just, you know, nice, easy, you know, for horror fans. Um, And also just kind of prepared them for the fact that while um, there are some people who have discovered the show because of, um, uh, because of Days of the Dead, because they announced the Boulay brothers, that a lot of times the people who go to Days of the Dead don't have as many, kind of touchstones for drag or drag performance. And so just kind of them letting, letting them know that, you know, people were really kind of open and receptive to them being there um, and had discovered the show, but maybe are not as familiar with kind of the history of the drag side of it as they are with the history of the horror side of it. So, but they were very lovely and they relaxed and we, we got all set up for the panel and um, it was really nice. And we had a, a great conversation. We had, um, you know, just some great questions from the audience. And, yeah. I'm at Nana's now. Okay. Okay. Well, so, uh, I'm Yeah. Right. Hey. Very... <laughs> what was that? Hello, who is that on the line? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Who is it? <laughs> so, you're, you're on. Listen here. Listen here, bitch. I went to this horror place and I got a hand job by this fat bitch in the break room and I've had an itch ever since. <laughs> I have no idea who the fuck this is and I think I want to talk about the Boulay Brothers some more. If you want to talk Boulay Brothers I'm, politely, we, no, we can do that. Bitch. Shut up, bitch. Shut the fuck up. I got a rash. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. They're gone. I, that was my first yep. obscene phone call, everyone. Oh. That was my very first oh. one. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty funny. Um, oh. What the hell was that? Who was that? That was, Eddie Shane. was talking on the phone. Someone was at Shane. Nana's house. and uh. It didn't even come up as a phone number. Erin Marie, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, my God. Okay, so can we get back to what we were on topic for? Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, <laughs> I, I was telling you about the punk aspect of calling in live, but honestly, it's never been a problem. That was the first time I've ever had. And Erin uh, Marie has been on it for five, six years with me. We've never had a call like that before. No. Yeah. But no. I had them all the time when I worked at the phone company, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another story. I'm totally used to obscene calls. Well, let's let's go back and recap a little bit of the Belay Brothers panel, if we could, because we were all over there, 
And I, first yeah. of all, I thought they looked extremely relaxed on stage. Um, I thought that, you know, they came out, they looked fabulous. They did three separate looks during the whole, the, the course of the weekend, which is impressive. I mean, really full looks yeah. and headpieces, the whole bit. Um, They they looked very. uh, I I I really liked how everyone was really into talking about the um the the you know their show and then the one girl girl at the far end asked about beauty products and was like apologizing and none of us were like don't apologize we want to know how that happened (laughs) so what was it like to be close up with them for the first time and listening to them talk about their show and all the, it was actually a very candid interview. I thought they were very open and honest. Yeah, it was nice. They were, um, they were definitely very open. I think that, um, you know, once they kind of relaxed and realized I wasn't there to try to like, I don't know if they thought I was going to come up there and just like all of a sudden just point at them like, why aren't you like drag race? or something like, and just go after them. But um, they really relaxed into it and they were very open about talking about, you know, what inspired the show and really just that kind of spirit of wanting to be independent and just, you know, the first season and the first season has a reputation for being a little rough and they kind of refer to it as their pilot season and talked about the fact that, you know, we thought rather than just going around and pitching it and pitching it and pitching it and have people turn us down, we're going to prove to them that it's going to work. So we're going to do this completely independently, completely on our own. um, And we're going to put it together. And then once they see what we can do, um, then, you know, the success will come from there. And obviously now it has. Um, So yeah, I think it was really great to hear them talk about all that. Uh, They talked about process. They talked about, the person getting to know the ca- the people on the show. They compared the seasons. Uh, I mean, they were they would talk about almost everything you'd want to know. Um, the audience was really engaged with them. Uh, I was very impressed with them, and uh, I had a chance to ask them a question. And I honestly had so many flood through my head. I was like, "This is my one shot. <laughs> what do I ask them? What do I ask them?" There's so because I have a lot of questions about the show on a, a personal level. On level there's so much happening on Dragula it's really impressive um so but anyway it, it was a lot of fun to meet the Boulay brothers and I met them two more times in person later once at on their at their table and I met their lovely um uh producer he's so sweet um and um he's very nice yeah yeah and uh I saw them again at the VIP party with another full look and they were there for a few minutes. They got, but they nailed the Belay Brothers nailed Days of the Dead at uh, at that um, party. I thought because they yeah. um, <laughs> they were like, "Well, you guys drink like all day." <laughs> like, yeah, that Days of the Dead. <laughs> it, they, they figured it out. You really go at it. I'm like, yeah, no, they drink here, you know. And and we what well, we had wine and and beer for an hour for free is that right it was free but you had to tip your people of course um and uh so that was fun and i think i got drunker on the wine than i did on the whiskey the night before which is funny because i drank it fast and i hadn't had anything to eat oh my god this was the to me this days of the dead is going to go down the days of the dead where i had no food no food nobody i knew ate i don't think when i saw you the next day you said you hadn't eaten yeah, I barely ate during that whole weekend. I don't know what was – I was just rushing around. I had so many things that I had booked and kind of, you know, I was shooting with Brooklyn. I shot twice with Brooklyn during the weekend. 
and the panel and just going to photo ops and all that kind of stuff that I just got to the Saturday. I didn't eat until I got back. I had a couple, a little bit of chips and salsa in the afternoon when I switched outfits, but otherwise like until I got back to the room at like 1130, it was nuts. Um, Aaron Marie, did you have a similar experience? Yeah. You were having problems eating, but you always do at a convention. Yeah. I mean, I'd eventually got like a few things in my system. <laughs> Uh, basically just bacon and, and some a toast in the morning. And then I think I got something about two o'clock at night <laughs> and that's what tore my stomach up because it was a jalapeno pizza, but I was drunk. So I didn't give a shit. We got pretty drunk at the party. Uh, there was a lot more, but you know, uh, I actually had a lot less things to do this time. Usually I have more, I, I, so I could, I, so I took my time on a lot of stuff and, you know, I didn't rush to any panels because when I'm press pass, I'm always like, I gotta be here. Gotta be there. Gotta be there. Gotta be there. Gotta be there. This time I was on a VIP pass. I was actually a paid guest, you know, other than my panel, I was like, I can do what I want. And I was taking my own sweet time this time and just enjoying myself, enjoying the people. I was there more to see the people including Janessa and hang out with Aaron Marie and, you know, I meet the blue Blue brothers were the exception. There was like the one celebrity. I was like, I got to make sure I meet them. (laughs) And celebrate Nathan Hamilton's 40th birthday. That's why I let him use the room. So he he was like, dude, I'm coming down to see you. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to go this year. You're going to go this year. (laughs) You're going to come. And he was, and the Wages of Sin booth, um, he was, and, in, and um, Buck Short Productions with Richard Tanner, were, they were all selling DVDs. So that was the rule this year on our end. Um, Janessa, this, we, had, we had three rules. Be awesome, which all three of us here in this room on this show were awesome. Sell DVDs, but we can also say sell photos. You know, always be selling when you're working. And then last but not least, yep. get wasted. And uh, all three of those things happened. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Uh, <coughs> my shenanigans were high this year. Uh, but um, there was a lot more going on than just the Belay Brothers, though. Uh, the, there was all sorts of guests. Doug Jones was there for, like, like an hour <laughs> or something. Yeah, it was like Saturday, three hours. About four hours. He flew in and flew right back out. And... I know Aaron Marie no. got waited in that line and got to him. Uh, Danessa, did you attempt it? So I didn't because I was shooting with Brooklyn. And so that's like I collect little Funko Pops that are signed. And mm-hmm. so um, Doug Jones is the one signed Funko Pop that I have that I haven't uh-huh. actually met the person because I made Brooklyn's boyfriend go stand in line and get the signature for me because I was changing for our photo shoot. I was changing outfits. And oh. so I was going to miss the whole time that he was there. So, well, that's cool. You were changing outfits. So I'm going to throw this out to Aaron Marie. Tell me, what was it like to meet Doug Jones and the line that, uh, the longest, by far the longest line in the whole convention was for his? Absolutely. Um, I waited in line for about two, two, yeah, about two hours. Because I went down there about 3.30, about a half hour before he was supposed to show up. And the line was already too long for me to stand in. So I was just like, I'll just hang around a while and wait for the line to go down. But it never did. (laughs) So I got in line and just took a chair with me as the line moved. That's got to do what you got to do. You know, uh, San Diego Comic-Con, I would sit, you know, crisscross applesauce on the ground 
with my with my headphones on and my cell phone just waiting until I maybe get into the con, maybe get into the con, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, you got to learn patience at these things sometimes. But that was really the only bad queuing I saw the whole weekend. Um, and photo ops are full and they moved. Um, you know, everyone seemed to be doing okay. The the Blood Brothers were giving away free selfies. You didn't even have to buy anything at their booth to meet them. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's like old school like <laughs> um, horror convention. Uh, but I did buy at their uh, booth. Did you get a fan, Janessa? I did not get a fan. Did not. I did not get a fan. I did not get a did fan. Did they have I the tried. Hello Uglies fans there? Yes, they did. They had 60 From of them. Dirt they, oh, no. Yep, and they sold out like that. Um, uh, Whitney, uh, he fair, he's a regular Days of Dead, wonderful guy, always attends my panels, and he sometimes records them for me. And he's so sweet. Um, he got one. He got one. I was very proud that he got one. I was so happy to see it. Uh, you know, but yeah, they, I asked them and they're like, oh no, they sold out. Like, you know, they had 60, they went away. Like they, by the time I went downstairs to their panel, they were already gone. So, yeah. uh, you know, not surprising. I, I will get one at some point. They do order them online, but that would have been really neat. Cause then I could have had them sign it and I would have been geeking out for the rest of the year on that. I'm still geeking out on it a bit because meeting them was cool. Um, ooh, I got yeah. Um, so, oh, someone asked if I missed the moniker. I said, no, I was holding off. So that was Aaron Cogan's about to call in, my cousin from L.A. Uh, <laughs> so, and God, that's why I did promise moniker, but I wanted to talk about Days of the Dead first because it's really, really awesome. Um, so, and, and it was on my brain. So uh, let's move forward a little bit. Guests were good. I mean, Richard Dreyfuss was looking a little bit on weathered, but he he's earned it, you know. And uh, Kathleen yeah. Turner's always awesome, as usual. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think the, the only one that I heard any kind of bad stuff about was John Cusack. Really, um, I, I, there was a I lot of people really Linda, disappointed. I heard Linda Blair had some issues, but I think it was just it was warm. I think that was really what it was, you know, I'll give her a pass. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, the temperature in that place was a little uneven this year. It was cold in the hallways and really hot on the vendor's floor and in the guest room. Uh, but, um, yep. you know, but that's because the weather was so weird outside to the point on Saturday yeah. morning, it actually snowed. Um, it was beautiful. It was, you know, of course, I'm from Maryland, and Mr. Nessa's from North Dakota, which leads us into our moniker very soon here. Because <laughs> <coughs> we do our monikers here regionally, usually. Um, at least people oh, that call okay. in on a semi re- semi regular basis. Well, you know, North, you know, we're, we're we're witches, and it's about directions and corners and things along that nature, right? Except for Raven. Raven gets Raven. She's named after Neil Gaiman, uh, so uh, that's a different story. <laughs> <coughs> but um, everything that could happen at this pl- thing happened. The the con itself went pretty well. Vendor said Saturday was great. Um, made a lot of money. I was very happy to hear that from my vendor friends. I always root them on. I always tell them to make a killing. Uh, but unfortunately, that that pun leads me to something that actually happened on Saturday night. Uh, on Saturday night, uh, we are outside celebrating the end of the show and, uh, you know, hanging out. People are smoking cigarettes. 
and and suddenly we hear pop 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 and then we hear pop 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 and first everyone was like oh is this fireworks I actually got up and backed up because I was like I don't think that's fireworks and it went for several seconds it was very loud very scary and then there were three pops at the end and then it was over and then these people got in a car and drove off <laughs> and we're like dude that was a real shooting and and oh, so a group of us witnessed a murder. Um, one person died, two people were injured, and the last three pops were a security guard firing at the people, getting them out of the alley. Those are the bullets that hit the hotel that we were staying in. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was an off-duty police officer working huh? uh, garage security. Yes, he was. And uh, so that was I – I now know how I react in a shootout which is something you don't really know until it happens. Um, but other than that, I mean, horror geeks can ha- are very calm usually in these situations. And I think that really had something to do with it because nobody on our side got hurt. Nobody panicked. Everyone was fine. We walked in for a little while, let the red, let them put their yellow tape on. And then we slowly went back outside, uh, you know, cause at that point everything's cordoned off. And there's nobody around. So, you know, and, you know, cops might want to talk to us anyway. So um, everything went fine from then on. That was the worst thing I think that's happened to me in a while. And I've had a string of bad luck lately. Uh, so, but I would say that in the end, though, I still had an amazing time Saturday night. Uh, everyone was out. Shenanigans were happening. I know Aaron Marie, your, your friend that did the shenanigans with the security. You want to tell him about that? This was, oh my god this was, was before so the okay. shooting too <laughs> so i have a friend down in atlanta i like to see when i'm there his uh, name is mo and he's about six foot four built like a tree he's huge um bald very stern looking when he wants to be and he was just standing there he was there to visit me he didn't have a badge he wasn't there with the convention at all but he basically just put on a stern face, and everybody that went by him was showing him their badges and bracelets. And every time someone would show him, I just laughed my ass off. I mean, they really just thought he was security just because of the way he looked. And I was drunk enough, I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> I sat there next to her at, while this was happening, and he's just standing there. He's looking like a bouncer and checking people's ID, but he's just laughing to himself. It was really funny. He sometimes cosplays, tells me, uh, Green Lantern, and I can totally see it. It probably looks awesome in the costume. Actually, he does. I've seen the picture. Um, so there was silly shenanigans like that happening all through, lots of drinking. Um, I got mansplained on my panel. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't had that happen before. Uh, let's see. Janessa, any shenanigans on your end we should be take of note? Not too much. I really do. Um, Days of the Dead, I have a lot of fun, and I meet wonderful people, but I really do treat it like a work trip um, because I figure it's expensive to travel from North Dakota. And so I'm like, so I always line up a ton of photo ops. So I can't get too crazy because if I oversleep and don't get my makeup done in time for photo ops, then like that's a big chunk of change. So I always have to like, so I have a little bit here and there, but I don't uh, engage too much. Well, and that's funny because that's usually where I'm at. Like I said, like I'm always as Erin Marie is heavy on the shenanigans and goes to a lot of things and takes her time and stuff. And I'm like, you know, have a schedule. Okay, I'm going to go see this movie. I'm going to go to this panel. I'm going to go see this celebrity at this time. Oh, I got an hour. I can go eat. <laughs> you know, like I, I really yeah. regiment myself. I didn't do that this time. This was not that. 
Um, I hung out with friends a lot. Now, I actually feel in some ways Atlanta is my my com- convention, one of my convention families, because I, I love the people down there. And there's certain people I go down specifically to see them because they're down there in Atlanta. And there's just something about Atlanta that I really have a fondness for. It's unfortunate to see things like that happen. You know, I, I grew up in a neighborhood where that stuff happened quite a bit, actually. So, you know, 40 years of it, I'm kind of sick of seeing it. But that's another story. Yeah. But the show itself was amazing. And uh, uh, by the way, uh, Aaron Kogan, you're on with the Sexy Witches. Hello. Hello, my cousin. He's on early. That's great. He wanted to come on early because he was all, he wants to hear your moniker. So I guess we should get get we'll we'll do your moniker and then we'll recap anything Yay. we want to talk about the show. <laughs> okay, so I did my. You've been on the show now three times, and um, yeah. you know, and now you're officially one of our correspondents because you've been on three times. So, uh, which thank you by the way for coming on three times. Uh, you know, of course. Tiny, tiny podcast, but um, you know it, it's fun. I, I like this podcast is taking me places I didn't expect it to go, and meet people that you know I, I just adore. Even crazy fools that call with obscene phone calls, you know what? It's funny, <laughs> you know whatever. It's something to talk about in the locker room, right? So, uh, so I did my ritual to make you one of us, Ooh. and so. I couldn't. At first, one I wasn't sure us, how I was. One of us. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure how to how to come at this, but then it hit me because once again, we've both lived in Grand Forks, right? At one point, I lived in Halleck, yeah. Minnesota, and I had friends in Grand Forks. I was working the floods in the Red River up north, and they were working in Grand Forks cleaning that shit up. I'm sure that was terrible. That was what '94. The floods of 94? 97. No, no, the one, 97. Yes, you're right, 97, 97, right? 97, yep. I was there for that. <laughs> the wood ticks Me too. are huge. Crazy. I have never seen ticks as big as a Minnesota wood tick in my life. And they were and in pig farms that were dead. And, you know, in, but a town under ruin, but at the same time, it was kind of amazing to be up there and uh, really honored that it helped everybody with that. But so the Red River is really has a personal attachment for me because the Red River is, first of all, one of the only rivers in the world that flows north. Like you go down the river, you go north to Winnipeg. Just like the Nile goes down to Egypt. So uh, that's very special. Um, and it freezes a lot, though, unlike the Nile. So it hit me. And this you can take this, but the ritual told me, you are the witch queen of the Red River. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's a very a little melodic, but I thought, I didn't know, but it's not glamorous, but it's truth. You know, you can, you lurk around the yeah. Red River and people come to you and you do special favors for favors. And you read their palms or something or <laughs> dress them up. Yes. You know, so I thought that was cool. So that was, so you are now the witch queen of the Red River. So... I love that. That is perfect because that year of the flood was actually my first year of college. And so that's when I moved to Grand Forks. So that was like my first 
like year in Grand Forks was that crazy winter with all the blizzards and then the flooding and all of that and the cleanup and all that kind of stuff. So that's absolutely part of my Grand Forks experience. I stayed at the the, the makeshift um, for a few hours, the makeshift Red Cross they had at the college there. I was there. Uh, so, uh, you know, only for, I actually went north and worked with them and we left a group there. That was my uh, previous existence as a civil servant for the federal government, which I am no longer. Uh, so, but, so everyone's okay with that. I'm glad, Janessa, thank you for liking it. Um, and, um, Erin Marie, before we go, anything you want to add before we move on subjects to, uh, from Days of the Dead? Um, I was just wanted to say I was in the bathroom when the shooting took place, so I mistook it for you know Nathan getting stuck again. <laughs> At first, well, that's right. He really got stuck in the freight elevator. <laughs> he so got what's... stuck in the. It, it was like this little hallway with just the freight elevator in it and two doors, and he couldn't get one door open and didn't even try the other one. Just banged on the walls for like fifteen twenty minutes. Until he figured out it was him. I was like, I kept thinking someone was having sex. And I'm like, why are they having sex? Well, they're having sex for a while. I was like, no. But there's nobody having on the other side. There's a big open space. But, well, there was a reason for him getting lost. The The elevator to the South Tower was broken. There was only one. And it was so slow. Like, it took forever up and down. So they showed us how some of us knew how to get use the freight elevator. And, well, Nathan got stuck. <laughs> that happens. Like I said, this was very much a shenanigans thing. Anything else, Erin Marie? Um, I just wanted to say that Jug Jones was everything I'd always heard he was. I mean, he was Yay. an absolute sweetheart to the 10th degree. Oh, like, I'm... I love that man. He was such a sweetheart. And I always try to find a project that nobody ever talks about to them to be memorable, I guess. And even though he's been in some phenomenal movies, Oscar-winning movies, I talked to him about a project that he did for two seasons on ABC called The Neighbors, where he didn't have to put wear any makeup at all. He actually got to wear his own face. (laughs) Um, and he, he just like immediately grabbed me. He's like, Oh, thank you so much for bringing that up. I got to do a musical episode. (laughs) He was so happy about that. You know, it's funny how we're all in our own way. And Aaron Kogan, my cousin included, we're all attracted to FX artists, especially makeup artists. Like I would Uh say the I mean, the Blair brothers are great drag queens, but they're amazing makeup artists because they do that themselves, you know, for years and years and years and years. Uh, Doug Jones, obviously, is one of the best makeup performance artists out there, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know he, he, the yellow man is burned into any horror geek's memory forever and ever. Uh, you know, so... Um, Janessa, what do you want to add about Days of the Dead? Anything that you think that we should take note of for this year? I just the weirdest experience I had was the photo op with John Cusack. Um, oh, really? Because there are some people who like don't want you to touch them or like whatever it is. But they for John Cusack, you went in and they said we want you to stand on the X and he'll come in behind you. 
And he did. So, like, you stood on this X, and he was, like, a little <laughs> bit behind you, and he would just lurk up like a fucking creeper and get oh next to God. you and then, like, lurk back again. It was so weird. It was the weirdest thing ever. But he did give me a <laughs> fist bump as I came in the room. So. Well, that's good. Fist bumps are okay. That, at least that's something. But that's a little creepy. So there was some weird was things weird. about John Cusack. Okay. Oh, yeah. He was a weird so, dude. Was was he like that when you first met Aaron Murray? You've met him a couple of times. Has he been? Was he weird the first couple of times you met him? Uh, yes, actually, very weird. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> like after every signature, he was taking hits of his vape pen, and at the time I was vaping, and I like asked him what flavor it was, and he just looked at me. He was like an old one, so it it was definitely weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, oh my God. So, um, you know, it's it's a little bit more corporate now that Adolfo is gone. Uh, it, it, so there's, I, I, it doesn't necessarily take away. It just changed. It just shifted the 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 view, the the tone a little bit of Days of the Dead, but it's still one of the, the better shows. Was way down. Well, I'm sorry. Attendance. I thought the attendance was way down. It just didn't look like there was nearly as many people as there was or has been on in the past. Sunday. It was a little low. Um, Saturday was supposedly pretty good. There was a lot. At least people that were there were were spending money. So you know, sometimes it's not about the qual- quantity; it's about the quality of the people there. So they're you know are uh, dropping G's down. I do wish the the VIP party had more people, Janessa. I think we would have been both more comfortable because neither one of us had dates. At that, we were just there. Yeah. Um, uh, I think because I thought it felt a little empty in there, so I didn't know where to go sit. You know, usually if it's full, you can figure out, you find your niche, and you hang out, and you drink, and watch the show, or whatever. This time I felt like, wow, there's so much space here. Where do I go? What do I do? And I didn't have a date at all. I mean, later on, I could have probably had one. Oh, my God. I was telling everybody about this. I've never been semi-inappropriate lower back touched at a convention. Uh, (laughs) You know, that's the only way I could describe it. Like, guys that are flirting with you that want to touch you, they put their hand on the small of your lower back thinking that's a safe touch, which it really isn't. It's kind of a power touch. Uh, You know, (laughs) so... But so I was a little upset about that. I, I like to be fair and say there was not everything was perfect, but I also can handle myself. You know, these are guys, whatever. I can, they're stupid. I can do, <laughs> I can mess with them and then tell them this stuff. So I didn't have any problems with it, but I did find that rather like a mixed signals. I was like, first of all, I it was it, knowing that I still have game is good. Um, <laughs> but you know, yeah. but not like, you know, so there's that. I wore a dress that was, I never knew that wearing a dress would change people's viewpoint of you or like that. Maybe just so you probably know that, but I don't wear dresses at all. So I, and Erin Marie wears dresses all the time. She's usually the one getting most of the attention and I just let her get the attention because she's really good at it. Um, <laughs> I just hide in the shadows. I'm an archivist. We're, we don't work well with others. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, we definitely but drag do, queens kind of get handled like community property sometimes. So, but luckily well, I've got many layers of spandex. 
to cover well, it up. People want to so. touch your wigs, which is a mix that I understand yeah. why they want to touch your wigs, but they shouldn't touch your wig because it's your wig and it's expensive and you don't touch other people's wigs. You know, you know, just don't do it. You know, unless you ask, you can ask. Like autonomy, body autonomy still counts. But, but I've always felt like people yep. when, when, like I, I've seen my friends that have done shows because, uh, especially they used to walk up and just grab big chunk of hair like it's okay to do. Wow, what a pretty wig. Well, now it's not. Thanks. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, just messed up my wig. I don't know if you've had that experience, but I've seen it. I've witnessed it a few times. Like, hey. I get the boobs more than the wigs. I mostly get, get the because I have pig old bitties, and so they want to come up there. Can I touch your boobs? I'm like, sure. Well, that's just that's just occupational habit of having big boobs. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, Aaron Marie, myself, we all are well endowed. The, 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 people have been touching my boobs without permission, with permission, probably since I've first got them. I don't even remember. <laughs> At this point, they weren't doing much boob touching. At least I'll say that. They weren't they were touching the lower small like I said semi inappropriate lower back touching. That's the only way I can that's what I've been just calling it. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm really glad that you called in Janessa and 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 we came full circle on Days of the Dead and that we we started talking about Dragula. We met at Days of the Dead and there we saw Blue Hay Brothers together. It actually touches my heart a lot, believe it or not. I'm, yeah, I've been thinking it's, perfect. It's, it's wonderful and I had so much joy watching you moderate the panel. I was so happy for you. <laughs> I was shaking. <laughs> I was like, hey. And you were a, so good at it. I love a good moderator, and you were so good at it. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. And yeah, you, thank you. It was That was my dream. I was like, I better show up with something good. <laughs> or they're going to oh, run me out of town. They ha- you had your A game, and once they relaxed and realized that we were a safe space for them, they were fine. They were amazing. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they really opened up, and everyone was taking their photos with them. And I hope they do more horror conventions, and there's a few I think that they should look at that would really um, embrace them, like Spooky Empire I think would be a good fit for the um, – for the Blue Lay Brothers, for example, uh, you know, there's a couple others, and I hope that they start to do the con circuit. Maybe we'll see them again. Yeah, that'd be great. Maybe you'll be on season four. That would even be better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you not have to spooky start enough. I'm like soft gore. Well, I mean, Louisiana Purchase wasn't that gore. Uh, and, 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 and you know, and she was a John Waters kind of drag, you know. Uh, and you're you're more glamorous yep. than that, so can't dance like her. But then who can? I was her dancing, <laughs> amazing. But uh, you know, but I, that would be cool. I would, I, well, even or maybe you could start your own show. That'd even be better. I, I I would be excited. Whatever you do next, I know that you have some pictures you've, you're going to be selling and you have a calendar and a few other things you want to plug your stuff before you book out or you can stay with us we're going to shift topics and talk about the Oscars in a couple minutes yeah so um, not anything particular but I did do two shoots with Brooklyn and those will certainly end up in the next year's calendar so I usually start um, doing pre-orders on those in October but um, big thing for right now is I am still working on I kind of have 
had some things going on, and so I have gotten a little lax on my production, but I'm going to have new episodes of both Janessa After Dark and Miss J the Renovation. They're going to be coming out very soon. So um, Janessa After Dark is kind of my pop culture interview type show where I usually interview a guest and have some commentary. And then Miss J the Renovation is the one that's really close to my heart. That's my kind of snarky journey through self-care and um, it has really kind of unearthed some surprising things for me. So there's another episode uh, about Christian self-help that's going to be coming up um, within, it should be out within uh, a week or so. So I'm very excited for that. All available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And and please listen to Janessa, watch her shows. Uh, she's awesome. She also has a very awesome Facebook presence. Find her there. Um, and find her at the nearest HorrorCon or up in the Red River near you. If you need a favor, you need yeah. to want to. If you need a favor someone. from the, the Witch Queen of the Red River. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I would say you're probably a first cousin to Ursula. I think so. I definitely. I think you are. I know you're kindred spirits, at least. We know that. That's a fact. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> so are you gonna hang out or are you gonna move on, my dear? I actually have to run, but thank you so much for having me back on again. It was lovely. It's always lovely to talk to you. And please call in randomly whenever you want. Uh, you know, we, we we love to hear from you. And I was yes, also absolutely. really happy to finally meet you in person, even though it was Yes, brief. that was so good. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice to finally meet people in person. It's always a whole different experience than online and on the phone. Yeah, we're we're a lot more shyer in person. It's really funny. Like, I think we know each other. <laughs> oh yeah, we do. Okay, yay. yeah. Okay, so, so anyway, my dear, you have a safe, uh, stay warm up in the great up in the great white north up there, and uh, catch a guy Madden film and stay cozy. Sounds good. I will. All right. Much love. Good night. All right. Bye bye. Well, that was Janessa Jane, uh, and Janessa Jane is now officially the Witch Queen of the Red River, which is awesome. And we have on the line still the sexy porn witch, and we also have my cousin, the what the L.A. Warlock. How you doing? Yep. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Hey, I did want to ask though. Uh, my husband can you uh, give me an example of some of the the trivia you had from the panel? Oh, oh no, I didn't do trivia on this panel, but uh, I I, can, I thought don't you said have someone it. did trivia. No, I have done trivia. This one was called oh, How to Make I a Horror Film. Oh, I Never mind. Yeah, okay, no, never mind. I'm not triviaing right now. Matter of fact, get this. Because you, you know, know I'm a trivia I'm, hound. Yeah, speaking of which. I'm flying out to L.A., and I'm going to be there on the 21st. You know that Rebecca McKendry's um, um, horror trivia contest is the day before. I'm going to miss it. Yeah. You have the worst luck with timing. Oh, well, no, yes, and, well, I guess plain what I do. But, um, you know, but, but <laughs> like, you and I and Paul could have been a force to be reckoned with. Right. Yeah, we'd have you know next time we gotta we gotta do it we gotta do Rebecca McKendry's trivia uh, you know at, at some point I, I won it at uh, with a group at Texas Frightmare which was amazing 
I remember uh, <laughs> you saying, yeah. Yeah, I've won two big trivia contests since. Um, I gave away the trophy, though. Uh, I, I gave it to the, the youngest person in our group that was her first con, and I'm like, nice. all right, you get the trophy. So it'd be, it'd be more to her, even though I would be totally proud to have the trophy. <laughs> I so, tied uh, for first at the uh, Star Wars Marathon. You did? That was my, my last. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my last uh, official uh, thing. Before that, I won a a glass of beer at the uh, trivia thing they do at uh, Worst House downtown Santa Ana. And that Have was you by myself. Any... I was up against teams, and I won a glass of beer. So, you know. Oh, well, hey, it's a glass of beer. Erin Marie, you won anything recently? Have you won anything no. recently? No? No, I, I very rarely win anything. I have the worst luck. The only I time know. I've ever won, the only time I can remember ever winning anything is my friend Dana. I swear to God, she wins every contest she huh. enters. She won several Days of the Dead contests at several conventions in a row. And I was at Louisville at FanFest with her. And I had a ticket, and Deirdre had a ticket, and she had a ticket. And Jaina's ticket won, and I had to go to the bathroom, so I handed her my ticket. And while I was gone, she won because she had my ticket. So, <laughs> I, like, so I came home with, like, that's how I got my Charles Band box set, was I oh. gave Jaina my ticket. That's a pretty good win. That's right. We didn't win any. Neither one of us won any. Well, you know, you, you, you got on stage for Blobfest, but you didn't win. Or did you? Nope. You didn't? No, no you didn't no, win. No, it wasn't any type of contest or anything. It was just goofing off, basically. Yeah, it was a screaming contest, though, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously. Sweet. Yeah, they had I to do a blood call. I think I, I got, actually, like, a t-shirt or something. I'm leaning towards going to Bloodfest again this year. It's been a couple years, and Lily wants to go. And I think I might go. Maybe I'll draft um, Cuz to come out because he still needs to get his ass out here and visit, mm, go to Blobfest or something. Um, I am thinking about going to uh, Days of the Dead Las Vegas. They're going to ah. have all the Knights of Ren. So yes, they be are. So that kind of cool. Well, they're pretty to look at, but they don't do shit. They don't do shit. But you know what? <laughs> if I were going to get the Knights of Ren Funko Pops, they'd be a thousand times cooler autographed. Well, that's true. Did you see that Funko just released a uh, one of their oversized ones of the acid-spitting bug from Starship Troopers? Yes, it looks awesome. It, yeah, I really want that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. mine, mine. Now I need to get the spider and the vagina bug. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get them all. Gotta get them all, vagina bugs. Do they anyway, have the sergeant sorry. with the melted arm? Because I would totally get a pop of the sergeant with the melted arm. Oh, do you know that my first boss in the park service was named Watkins? And so he loved that movie. <laughs> so we made so many, we were in the cave. She's, he's like, just trying to kill some bugs, sir. <laughs> At him all the time. All the time. Because that yeah. movie came out when we were on the mountain there. You know, we watched it from, I was one, it was one of my choices on my birthday. No, my birthday, they told me Wicker Man for the first time. But that was one of my movie nights with Starship Troopers. And a lot of us really liked that movie. So, but yeah, we're trying to kill some bugs, sir. So, but anyway, <laughs> I want that. But um, 
We should talk about the Oscars because now we're digressing. But I do want to say that uh, you do we and have I, to? well, we do have to. But before we talk about the Oscars, I just want to say that I am coming to see you next week. Uh, we are going to film the next two FT movies together. Woohoo! Oh my God! So that's a big deal. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm a producer on the film, I'm shaking like a leaf because of that. Um, you know, <laughs> but I, I really, it's just Jason and Tele's baby. I just sit there and make sure that they have what they need. If they need anything, I'll go get it. If they need me to sit on a rock, <laughs> I will do it. You know, <laughs> I will, and believe me, we'll be sitting on rocks a lot. It's cold up there too. Uh, but we will meet at a friend's house at 7 o'clock on Friday night. Uh, shooting starts Saturday, shooting all day Sunday, and I'm sure there will be a visit uh, to the tavern. Yeah, it's 7 well, at, the, at the house. Wait, wait, but 7 a.m. or 7 p.m.? P.m., p.m., p.m. Oh, uh, good, because you know what's uh, at 6 or 7 in the morning that uh, Friday, right? No. Ozzy Osbourne I land is signing at Amoeba. His picture disc. Oh, I don't land until 10.45 a.m. On, on Friday, by the way, just so you know. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. we're gonna so we'll talk details about logistics and you and I meeting off air. But basically, I'm landing. Okay. We're going to go to San, probably just hang in Santa Monica for the it's morning. Ozzy, yo, get here earlier. Ozzy. I know. Ozzy's not looking good either. And you should see him before. No. But anyway, that's another story. Um. But but the Oscars. So, do you yes. want to know something kind of awesome about the Oscars this year and our show? They were the least watched. Oh, about our show. Go go. The Madness, right? My horror contest yeah. in October. I had yeah. the Parasite as a weekend special. Oh yeah. So, guess who predicted Kick-Ass movie was going to do well? <laughs> At least new yeah. new. Knew it was coming up the pipe. I'm so excited to know that a movie that actually was part of the madness won a Best Picture hmm. movie. Whether you like it or not, that's another story. I know some people don't like the movie. I personally, I had it on number three. I know, Aaron Marie, you had it pretty high on your list, number right? Two. Number two. Yeah, number two. And have you seen it yet, Aaron Kogan? I have. I liked it. It was on my top ten. I don't think it's as good as everyone else. I have some problems yeah. with it, but yeah. It's nice to see it doing well. Yeah, it's really, it's not really, I mean, it's just nice to have a really odd movie, an odd genre picture be the winner. I actually didn't predict it to win. I predicted 1917. I thought for sure it was going to win. And honestly, when we were at Days of the Dead, there was a lot of people that, a lot of the filmmaker geeks were saying that 1917 was one of the best films they had ever seen. Like, they, they were really, really into that movie. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and I think it's because the technical aspect of it is so well executed. So, Aaron, did you have Parasite winning or somebody else winning? No, I had Parasite winning. But so you that's did have because you... they won. I, I started to doubt whether or not they were going to win once they got Best International Film. Same mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Because that's usually the way the Oscars does it. If the film is really good and it's foreign, they give it the foreign language film, although they changed the name this year, which was nice. And I noticed that they also put Oscars instead of Academy Awards on the broadcast. 
So they they just kind of up and changed it to Oscars officially. It looked like. But uh, yeah. even Jane Fonda got a little confused because she said the 92nd Academy Awards. I was like, no, honey, they're calling it Oscars. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, well, but, producers you know, are questionable. With Life is Beautiful and a lot of other movies that should have won Best Picture just got the foreign language film category, and that was it. So when it got international, I thought, you know, that was it, that 1917 was going to get it or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I was pleasantly surprised that Paris had good. I, I thought so too about the international film. I thought if when I mentioned this before that my theory was if Pain and Glory had won international film, Parasite was gonna upset. But when it hit and Parasite won, which I actually had picked it to win, because I actually once again thought nineteen seventeen was going to win. Um I was like, Oh no, they're not giving it to him. Right. That's and and the same with and but then there became a major upset and that was um I, I thought for sure that Parasite was going to upset Best Screenplay, and it did. It did. Uh, QT was going to win that award, and it went to Parasite. But he also upset QT for Best Director, which everyone was sure QT was going to get it. Yeah. Nope. I've well, loved his movies for years. I'm so happy that he's finally getting some recognition. Bong John. Bong John Ho. Yes. Huh? Yeah, or Junho, Junho, or Ho Bong Jun, depending, because it's actually backwards in Korean. But anyway, yes, Boon Jong Ho. It's it's Bong Joon Jun Ho is is the Americanized version. (laughs) We got it, we got. But yeah, Memories of a Murderer, The Ho, Snowpiercer. We could go in how great this guy's catalog is. This win really isn't about Parasite per se, but a body of solid work for the last 15 years and a celebration finally of a film industry that people have been ignoring for that long. That's produced some of our best genre pictures ever. Got the raid. Uh, you got uh, Old Boy and Lady Vengeance and The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. I mean, I can go on and on how many, oh, Tale of Two Sisters, um, any, you know, there's so many Absolutely. good. Train to Busan, but my favorite one is I Saw the Devil. If you haven't seen that, for God's sakes, go watch I, it. I've seen the, it like four times. I Saw the Devil, The Wailing, that's another one. The Wailing. Uh, you know, yeah, there's the there's actual stars. The guy who played the dad in Parasite was in The Wailing and host, it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and I love The Host. The Host is an awesome movie. But uh, So I really feel more of a win that way than anything. Um, now, something that I knew that um, a lot of people are, I mean, believe it or not, if you've been reading, once people that loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are almost insulted Paradise One, which I'm not sure uh-huh. because – QT wouldn't feel that way because QT is a huge fan of Bong Joon-ho. He even shouted out the Quentin. Yeah. I loved that he did that. Yeah, he totally you know, he, did. He called out Martin Scorsese and, and every one of his influences. He was so happy to be there. And they fucking partied till 5 a.m. It was great. And they said they went to Koreatown and had noodles and sang karaoke after as a part of the after party. So I I would totally sing karaoke with those guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> you know, but um, I you know, know the place they went. <laughs> so it's in um, J Town. I know I know exactly where they went after Oscars. 
I know where they went too. I think I've eaten there. So I, I'm really excited. Maybe I'll go eat there. Um, so, um, and now I actually thought Little Women was going to win two awards. I thought they were going to win costume design, which they did. Um, but I also thought they were going to win adapted city play, which they didn't. And that went to Takia and Jojo Rabbit, which makes him the first indigenous person to win an Oscar, which is kind of Woo-hoo. fucking amazing. Um, that that I wanted and did want to say a positive. A positive and a member part of, of the drive, yo. Yeah. Um, this year had a lot, a lot of Taika. Yeah, he had a lot of upsets. Actually, there was a lot of good wins this year, and Takia winning an Oscar. We all love him, right? You know, Takia with yeah. TD. You oh, know, absolutely. who does? Even though you I know, still I haven't bought my What We Do in the Shadows uh, <laughs> this huh. weekend. Oh, uh, uh, what you had? Uh, what you Klaus did not win. Toy Story Four won, but that's another story. But um, you know, yeah, uh, I was a little bummed about that. But uh, you know, but 1917, Roger Jenkins won his second Oscar after having to wait 14 years of nominations for his first, including mm. being nominated against himself in a year. Uh, and he won his second one for um. For uh, 1917, which wasn't a surprise, uh, but surprisingly, 1917 was not picked as a film uh, for nominated for best film acting, and my upset win pick won, Ford versus Ferrari. In fact, it won two awards. It won sound design too, which is great to hear because almost always the war films are the ones that get those awards. So that was nice to hear. Um, and there was also an upset. Uh, John Williams was upset by Hilder. Yeah. Good adults here. I always, I'm sorry, woman. I didn't mean that. For Joker, which we all knew how great that score was. And, and it had yeah. won a couple of awards. But to win the Oscar over Alexander Desplat, Randy and Thomas Newman, and John Williams. Holy shit. Holy shit. I'm sorry. How do you feel about that? I mean, it, it did you, I thought it was a huge upset. So that made me happy. But um, I was also happy to see that they had a female conductor in the orchestra as well for the sports. And it, and it was the first time, yeah, for a supposedly. Bit, though, right? Yeah, just for a little while. Um, there was it also kind of a, a, stunty. <laughs> a little stunty. I, I, the ceremony itself, I thought, was frightfully dull, actually. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, uh, but uh, well, I. Joaquin Phoenix's acceptance speech was incredible. Oh my God, I cried. I when, yeah. when I realized he had quoted his brother, and you know, River, River Phoenix and I have a share of birthday, and I, I have really deep feelings for that guy, and so I was bawling by the end of that. It was like a real surprise. Oh my God, he quoted River. That was, you know, it was like amazing. Um, there was a lot of good speech giving. The the Korean people, the Korean, you know, the Parasite crew, the ensemble, their their speeches were awesome. All of them. They were very cute and wonderful. And um, that I really didn't like the introducing the presenters with other actors. I thought that didn't work at all. It's not fair no. to those guys. Might as well have them present. It makes no sense. Um, there, were, but once again, there was a lot of good wins. You know, we got Hair Love won over Kit Bull. That was a nice win. 
um, yeah. you know, in animated short. Um, I thought Klaus was going to win. Let's just say I wasn't happy about Toy Toy Story 4 is okay. I just thought it was rather pedestrian, to be honest with you. Um, there was an upset in hair and makeup. Um, if for the first time in years, a beauty makeup one. How does, does that happen ever? Mm. Um, but even if you didn't like the film, the idea that a bombshell won a makeup award, normally that goes to a Rick Baker type, right? And there was well, some... no, 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 no. Have you seen Bombshell? I haven't seen Bombshell yet. The makeup is that they do on. Uh... Oh fuck. Uh... Now I'm going to blank on his name. Uh, God damn it. Uh, John Liskow. Fuck. Ah. Uh, the, the makeup they do on John Liskow is insane. Until he speaks and you recognize that pinched New England dialect of his, you don't know it's him. Oh. I need it's to see that movie. It's crazy good. It's crazy good, the makeup they did for Liskow. Uh Let's see. As the awards, so um, 1917, of course, won visual and sound. All right. So I want to throw this out to Erin Marie because I think she'll be the best one for this because I didn't actually see the ceremony because I was in the air until Monday. So I did not see the red carpet. So please talk about your favorite <laughs> fashions and who you saw on the red carpet that really stood out. And if you want to diss on someone like Kristen Wiig, um, you can do that too. <laughs> I, I actually quite enjoyed Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig's little bit that they did. That was funny. Oh, it was <laughs> funny. No, the bit itself was hysterical. I'm talking about her dress. I didn't like her dress at yeah, all. The, the, no, there was a couple of designs that I was like, what the fuck were you thinking? Um, but Mostly, like, I just remember the ones I thought were just gorgeous. Yeah, talk um, about them. Oh, for goodness sakes. Scarlett Johansson's dress was fabulous. It fit her perfectly. Uh, Renee Zellweger's fit her like a glove, and she looked amazing in it. That beautiful white one sleeve dress. Um and there was one other one. I wish I remember who wore it, but holy crap, it was gorgeous. Now, mostly, I, I noticed there was a lot of white and blush, a lot of neutral colors. Very few people wore colors this time. But the ones that did won shocking colors. Maya Rudolph's orange sequence dress. I know not everyone liked it. I kind of... In some ways, I did because she had the balls to throw and the, and the tight to pull it off. So I couldn't wear that dress. Me, no, it just made me wonder if she was pregnant. I'm like, is is, is that a maternity dress? What is? <laughs> Kristen Wiggs just looked like a, a caterpillar. <laughs> yeah, it it was not the most flattering. Those weird ruffles on the side were. Weird. I mean, for lack of a better word. Um, but otherwise, I was just, you know, impressed, like I usually am, with the amount you know, of gorgeous gowns. And Jane Fonda looked fabulous, recycling. An old dress that she'd worn before, yeah. which was awesome. Um, there were, um, there were uh, what's her name? Charlize Theron. Oh, my God. Her dress was, yeah. you want to talk about a stunning outfit. That uh, uh, Oh, my God. I was just, like, floored how good she looked. But, you know, there's a couple of controversial ones that I actually like this one. A lot of people had mixed feelings about um, Cynthia Erivo's outfit from Harriet, 
but honestly, I thought she looked stunning in it. They want to take that. She did, and the the singing was amazing. She did such an incredible job. Yeah, and it did yeah. also playing the the song from Harriet as well. That was a highlight for sure. Did you notice in the very opening opening uh, uh, performance that the girl dressed like the chicks? From, there were people dancing like the chicks from Midsummer, and then she put on the May Queen outfit. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck was that about? It, like, it, there it, were sets. The whole cast <laughs> on stage Joker. was broken up. In, yeah, exactly. There were people dressed like Joker. There were people dressed uh, uh, from Us. There were dressed from Midsummer. Yeah, it was awesome. It was so weird. It was like all these horror references in the opening number of the Oscars. None of them were nominated for anything. But, you know, maybe those were her personal yeah. favorites. I don't know. I mean, those are some of my personal favorites this year. Uh, you know, listen to our I previous shows. We talked about doing, them. I just thought maybe they were tri- doing a tribute to, like, all films released or something, you know? Yeah, that's how but I there wasn't it. a – that's how I took it, too. But there wasn't an accompanying montage to go with it, um, you know, which they usually have an opening montage to, in the in the beginning of the Oscars. They kind of – they did have some montages, but I didn't think they really stood out this year. Um, so um, we could talk about who wasn't on the in memoriam, but, you know, uh, the only – anyway, we could talk about that one, too. But, you know, they always miss people on the memoriams. You know, but yeah. they did an okay job. Billy Eilish sang the song. You know what got me for Clemp was Idina Menzel singing with all the Elsas that do the voices on uh, voice matches yeah. across the world. Yeah. I really, really like that. And I'm not even a huge fan of that song and I felt myself getting all the clumps watching Adina sing. But what about Eminem? How do we feel about that? I'll give you to Aaron. I- I was happy to see Eminem because he had just dropped a new album at the beginning of the year too. So I, I was happy to see him at the Oscars, and like a lot of people were digging that performance. It had the whole audience jamming. Uh, uh, they were confused at first, but then I thought it was funny. Did you? How did you feel about the best song nominations and the win this year for Elton John? Even though I honestly didn't understand a word he said during his performance, <laughs> and he kept licking his lips like a lizard. <laughs> Aaron Kogan, uh, you bring take take oh, this one. I I wasn't all that excited with the song. I'm I'm finally gonna love me or whatever it was. I I didn't think musically it was that great. And uh, both Natalie and I, who have seen Elton live uh, in different concerts, actually, which is kind of funny, um, thought. Yeah, Elton's kind of getting past the time when he can do that because it, it, he didn't he didn't sound at his best for sure. No. It was very confusing to me. And then, but like, I'm so the, happy that Rocket Man got some recognition, even if it wasn't for what it should have been. It, yeah. the the target Eckerton was not nominated for best actor is questionable. Is about as questionable as Tom Hanks being nominated for supporting actor. You might as well not nominate Tom Hanks at all if you're going to do that, because that's actually kind of insulting. Um, you know, this is the guy who's given out the best picture at the end of an Oscars. You know, uh, so there was that. But that, you know, mm. but then if he, you know, you, you don't do that. You give him a nomination for best actor. That's what he, he's won it twice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you know. 
there's that. Um, there, I, I think, like I said, I'm not sure how I feel about the no hosting didn't work as well this time around. Uh, they, you know, I think the very simple, you know, over voice with the presenters worked better last year than this whole like introduction to introduction to introduction. Yeah. You know, um, Why you know, just have a host. Uh, you know, yeah, or have, or, or, and then they opened it with Chris Rock and and Steve Martin, reminding us how funny they are. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like why, and they even made the joke about the demotion, which I thought was pretty funny line. You know, mm-hmm. we've been wonderfully demoted. Um, so you know, I I hope they learn to uh, who's the guys have been producing the Academy Awards the last couple of years has made some questionable decisions. At least they didn't try to cut a cut a category this year. Right. You know, it was that last year. They, Although, you know, they didn't even... they threaten to do something like that this year? And yeah. uh, there was a huge backlash, and they said, oh, we were not, just kidding. Not uh, a huge backlash. It wasn't like last year, and then when they announced they cut film editing, everyone was like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> you don't do that. You know, you don't cut the editors. The editors are fucking sacred. Uh, you know, so um, this year, you know, they didn't cut any of the awards. But I loved who was it that did it? Oh my god! Well, who was up there and said that stunt coordinator should have an Oscar? Someone think uh, that was the guy who played a stunt guy. That was yeah, uh, well, your best leading man. Uh, 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 oh, you mean uh, uh, Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah. I just, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You did say that, Henry. I mean, oh my God, wasn't Brad, Brad Pitt looking every way, bit of movie star up there, Miss Erin Marie? He was. He he looked fantastic, and mm-hmm. he really did deserve that Oscar. Even though I didn't think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was nearly as good as some of Quentin Tarantino's other movies, the acting mm-hmm. was superior. Well, and one thing that it did deserve the win, and it was by far the most competitive category this year for the Below the Line, was production design. Every single one of those movies, even The Irishman, which was a huge fan, wasn't a huge fan of, looked amazing design-wise. But Once Upon a Time Hollywood, I, it may, I was hoping, kind of hoping for a Parasite win, but I'm totally happy wow. that it won, it won Once Upon a Time won a production design because it looks great. I mean, you can't, nobody can deny that the movie looks amazing. Uh, So, uh, and I did see The Lion King today, yesterday, by the way. What was up for visual effects? Um, Have you seen it it yet, Erin Marie? No, no, I just can't. It pisses me (laughs) off. Uh, James Earl uh, Jones' voice is just as iconic as Jeremy Irons, so why invite one back and not the other? It kills me. Well, James Earl Jones, they did invite back. Jeremy Irons isn't doing Scar, which is the guy who's doing Scar is perfectly good. But uh, but Jeremy so, Irons was willing to come back. That's bullshit. I wanted him back. You know, um, Scar came up in the during the Dragula panel because one of the things they started going into was villains and queer coding, and they were talking about mm. Queen Scar. Like there's there's a lot of queer coding in in Scar's performance, and then all of us sat there. And oh heard, yeah. You're fucking right. Of course, there's a lot of queer coming. Oh yeah, there. yeah. So yep. that was kind of funny. And so Aaron Cogan, I have to say, first of all, I, you were right about the Aladdin. Um, and by the way, they just greenlit a sequel today for the Aladdin movie. Um, which Yay! I'm not, 
mixed. But I did really enjoy the fuck out of it, that. And was surprised how much I liked it. This, yeah. this was frightfully dull and so on the nose of the original version. There's really no point <laughs> to it. I I can see that. You mean other than extending the uh, the copyright laws? Um, there's there's a good actually point to be made that there's not much point to redoing what you're already. Uh, got in the can if you're not going to expand much beyond it. But, you know, Disney's golden age and new golden age is is behind us. Um, We can talk Marvel. We can talk Pixar. We can talk Mandalorian. There's lots of stuff we can talk under the Disney umbrella. But Disney itself? I mean, it wasn't awful. First of all, the, the, the lead female hyena was the best thing about the new, um, one of the few <laughs> of the characters that, and I would even say that Timon and Pumbaa's sequences work because they obviously let them write their own material. And that's the only time that the movie went off script was, was when they were with Timon and Pumbaa. Though there was a lot of extra characters that weren't necessary in those sequences. I'm not sure why they were there. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay. They have a whole army of misfits in this one. Okay. Uh, so, but, um, uh, you know, I just, I didn't think that it was needed. Uh, it just, it just didn't, there was nothing original or new to it other than it looked good. Um, you know, I didn't have too much issues with the Uncanny Valley that much. Um, I, I, I think I'll stick to the Aladdin remake because that was just fun as fuck. Um, yeah. So... Uh, but it's still a billion-dollar movie, and I actually do think there is a purpose to these films, not just about extending copyright. Um, did you guys watch the Imagineering documentary on Disney Plus yet? Not yet, but you're know. good things. I've watched the – that was the first thing I watched when I got it. <laughs> it was The Mandalorian. It was the Imagineering documentary. Uh, I recommend you both watch it. It's good. Um, the last episode is about their expansion into China. Um, which is a big deal right now for them. And I think that's, and one of the things they said was the first, when they opened the first one outside of Shanghai, is it the first one at Shanghai or is it the second? Yeah, I think it was one outside Shanghai. Um, it, It wasn't drawing crowds because they had no connection to the characters. And that was a problem. They they knew the Chinese people knew some of the newer stuff. They knew who Elsa was and they knew who the Toy Story characters were, but they didn't know the original characters, Mickey Mouse. They didn't know anything from the Golden Era because China, let's face it, wasn't sending anything like that. They didn't well, know. Well, they know the, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, they might. Maybe um, they like. No, no. The reason they know Winnie the Pooh is uh, because. Uh, uh, oh man, I am horrible with names tonight. Uh, the president of China, the oh, that's you know, right, Wu Xinping. Yeah, his critics say that he looks like Winnie the Pooh, he, and, and he's really insulted like that. It's like calling Donald Trump on his tiny, tiny hands. He doesn't handle the Winnie Pooh thing at all very well. Nope. Uh, <laughs> No, not at all. But they they didn't know these characters. They didn't have a connection to them. And it took about 10 years for them to catch up. Mm. But now it's like one of their most profitable 
amusement parks in the country. And so I think, and once again, I've been saying this for a couple of years, that I think most of these movies are not marketed at the American audience. They're marketing them at China. It just so happens that some of us like to watch them too. You know, and I think that's what these live remakes are. They're for the Chinese audience to connect with the older films. Uh, so okay. that, that, that's my thing. And Lion King is exactly like that. Now, they had seven $1 billion movies, including The Lion King. Didn't get them the win for best visual effects, though. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, I, I will say, it's all right. It's all right. It wasn't great. It was all right. I do want you guys then, to watch the imaginary one. Go ahead, Erin Marie. I was just going to say, uh, I completely forgot that Oscars, uh, that was the announcement of the 20th, 21st Century Fox Company, like, completely shutting down. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's it. Well, it's not completely shutting down. They're rebranding. It's now just... Right, since, well, well, so that was their last movie. Uh, yeah, as 20th Century Fox. Yeah. They're, not, they're just going to be 20th Century Pictures now. That's what they said. So right. there's no Fox in it. Um, so, so I wouldn't want so, to be associated with the Fox name either at the moment. <laughs> well, it is Amen. it is funny that they got everything but the news uh, the news networks. That was the only thing Fox had, you know. <laughs> you know, they didn't they bought everything else, which is interesting. Um, no, but but who wants Fox News? I mean, really? I mean, I'm sure that makes a ton of money though. Uh, it's awful. The world is awful, mm. but we're not talking about the world right now. Boy, howdy. Mm. So, well, let's put this Oscars to bed. It was a good Oscars. It had a lot of surprise wins, which made me happy as on the wind end. Um, I, I would say the ceremony, they need to retweak it big time uh, and work on it some more. You know, uh, I would say that people need to wear more color on the runway, except for Maya Rudolph. Mm. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, everyone was in very pastel like, light colors, or they were in black and white. Seemed to be very formal this year. Uh, I think we're all getting old, not partying as hard as we used to, <laughs> even Hollywood. <laughs> I think they're Unless also you're from South Korea. <laughs> Unless you're from South Korea, then you're partying, you're drinking till morning. <laughs> that was the best part of his speeches. First, it was like, yay, and he's like, I'm going to drink now. I'm re- no, I'm ready to drink now. And he's like, now I'm drinking till the sun comes up. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm so proud of them for that. And then, like, they landed. I wrote an article today, and they landed safely at home, and they were warmly welcomed by a bunch of people. Yay! You know, so, you know, it all is right with the world. I, fuck the people that are like, Parasite is an awful movie. It's not an awful movie. Just, it's just not going to connect it's- with everyone. It's not an awful movie, but, you know, if you want to get into it, we could talk about, you know, who the parasite is, what the non-ending means. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to discuss if you want to. Well, there's a ton to discuss. That's why the screenplay is so good. There's more than one read on it, you know, big time. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's going to, it's one of, it's, it, it, it's, it's a more memorable film than Birdman. Uh, you know, that one best picture. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Uh, you know, it, it'll have an important piece in history of the Oscars. But the Oscars, once again, is just fun. I never really pay them much heed because usually the movies I want to see, like Midsummer, aren't even mentioned. Though it was mentioned in the dance number this year. Um, mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, I would really say of the Oscar films that really stood out for me, I still need to see Jojo Rabbit in 1917, but uh, Ford and Ferrari was way better than I was expecting. So I, I would say do that and um, Parasite. And if you can deal with the arguments, Marriage Story isn't a movie, it's a play. And I thought Laura Dern hmm. well deserved her win in that. Um, and, uh, you know, not well, so much about. Well, the was a play, too. You know, what? The Two Popes was a play, too. Two Popes was a play. But, but it didn't get nominated for great. Best Picture. It is good. It's on Netflix now. Oh. You can watch it right now. Yeah, yeah. But um, the performances were amazing. And, and Jonathan Price, it's maybe my favorite thing that he's ever done. And that's saying a lot. He's done a lot of good stuff. Yeah, seriously. I mean, and he was fucking in Brazil. I mean, right? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> there's that. Uh, talk about a film that was completely snubbed by the Oscars. Um, and you know what? As much as I also, to wrap this up, I and, and Walking Phoenix, even though I loved his brother River with a passion and still do, I, that Joaquin and I have not always gotten along. He's been in movies like Gladiator, which I can't stand, um, and a few other things. But I think his turn as Joker and the win is well-deserved. Joker's my still one of my favorite characters ever created by anything in any medium. Uh, so to see that this is the second time that Joker has been honored by the Academy Awards in one way or, or I'm sorry, Aaron Murray, the Oscars, um, is, is, is exciting. Um, I, I'm so happy because that character, like I said, is my favorite. You, you know how I felt about Aaron Kogan when I got the, the Funko Pop Batman from San Diego, mm-hmm. how excited yeah. I was, because I just love the whole, Batman is the best, and it's because of the villains. The Joker and the Riddler are two of my favorite characters of all time. A Joker is my one of my favorite characters of all time, and so um, Steve and I, if I, hopefully he'll call in. I haven't heard from him yeah. today. We, um, I'm really concerned, to be honest with you, um, but um, we're going to do a, in the future, sometime this year, we are going to do a, a Sexy Witch Round Robin of our favorite Joker performances. So, right so keep a lookout for that. Uh, so that'll be fun. And uh, so it's timely because, you know, uh, Joker, I think, is is a movie for this era. You know, the whole, like, eat the rich and, you know, and all. Oh, God. Not that I, you know, and, and also be responsible for our own actions. So I, I thought Joker was the worst comic book script since Frank Miller's The Spirit. It's it not a comic on book. So many levels. Yeah, you got that one right. It's but not a it's comic based book. On it's a comic book character. Study. You're right. Yeah. No, yeah. no. In this one, his his secret power is he's <laughs> off his meds, which is infuriating on so many levels. Not the least of which is the odds of being injured if you're actually mentally challenged are so much greater than if you're going to actually hurt someone else. We could start there, but honestly, I could go on forever. I'll, I'll save it till we we're do not, our Joker We're not episode. talking about the movie itself. I'm talking about Joaquin Phoenix. Because, yeah, I could pick apart what's wrong with There's a lot of things wrong with that movie. But, but that's not what this was about. That was about Joaquin Phoenix doing a performance that people connected to. And that Yeah, cool. but it, it was kind so. of a drift. It was kind of like an acting exercise on film. It, what, it, everyone talks about how Joker is a 
movie of the moment and, and compares it to the incel movement and da-da-da, except the director is the incel movement. He did it by mistake. He didn't mean it as a point. There is no point to his freaking film. Well, Again. that's why they gave it to Bong Joon-ho, because if anybody had a point to his film, he did. Well, uh, so, you know. I don't know. It, it, was it? I mean, who learned what lesson? Who was the parasite in that film? Was it the rich well, family in their castle? Was it the poor family who were all con artists? Well, uh, you know. All the, of the above. Oh, yeah, there's so much going on in that movie. There's levels I still... of parasitic invasion in that one. I'm not saying well, that there isn't a lot going on. It's just I'm not sure that it's clear to anyone what's going on. And I'm not sure what the point is supposed to be or if the point is clearly enunciated or if it's just, you know, bad shit happens, yo. Well, I think that they feel a lot of Bad shit happens. But speaking of which, I need to bring on, we need to change gears because we could talk about the, the subtleties and of Joker versus Parasite probably on another show in depth for long periods of time. But we have one more thing we have to cover before we're off air tonight. And that's because we have to about re- realize it is Women in Horror Night uh, Month. Sorry, Women in Horror Month. And Woo-hoo! also the week of Valentine's Day. So, I want to tell you, bring on my guests here. And I also have a caller in the 971 area code. We'll bring both of them on at the same time. I think maybe it's Steve. Uh, But um, either way, I'm really glad to bring on this next guest, JK, my boy, at Horror Horror Happens Radio, and brings it all back to Days of Dead Atlanta. Because my first press pass, I met him in person there at Days of Dead Atlanta, and he basically taught me how to do this. So uh, he pushed me to go up to celebrities and not be afraid of them and how to do it respectfully without, you know, and not breaking con rules and all that matters. And so now we're going to bring on to the show for Women in Horror Night Month. uh, Please welcome to the show the lovely filmmaker, Miss Emily Bennett. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Hi, guys. How are you? Hello. 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 Who else is on the line with us? Raven is. Oh, Raven, Yay. it's you. Excellent. So my my whole panel is here, Miss Emily. <laughs> so thank thank you for being on the show, Miss Emily. Um, the, the, you're on with the sexy witches. Uh, we have Erin Marie. Say hello. That would be me. <laughs> and we have my cousin on, in L.A., Erin uh, Kogan. Hello. Uh, and then, and joining us for this segment is my enchantress of Nevermore up in Portland, the very lovely Raven Jasper Hawk. Welcome, you're on the hello, sexy hello, 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 hello. So basically, you're talking to the. This is the hood. This is the original crew. This is my my my, my coven. We are the core of the sexy witches. And Miss Emily, thank you for being on the show. And congratulations on your film release. And I want you to give you. our audience a little bit of a little bit about yourself, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I apologize. I'm fighting a cold at the moment, so if I sound a little. Uh, gruff. That's that's why. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, J.K. is such a darling human being, and um, I'm just so glad to know anyone that is close to him. So, um, 
So yeah, I'm Emily Bennett, born and raised in the Bible Belt, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Um, had to get out of there as quickly as Ooh, possible. Virginia here. So, <laughs> sorry. Virginia here. Oh, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I grew up talking about this, um, so real Southern, and then, uh, yeah, I found acting at, like, a really young age, and so I uh, went to boarding school for acting because um, I needed something to focus on, and then moved mm. to London when I was 18 to, to train in theater. Um, so I lived in London for three years, and... Yeah, then I moved back to New York and auditioned for a bunch of not great films and <laughs> did some TV work and then got into some good films. Um, and then I kind of rediscovered my love for horror. And uh, I was like, you know, I, I think I can, I don't know if I can write better than what I'm auditioning for, but I can, I can certainly try. Um, so, yeah, after being on a few network TV shows and, you know, getting my SAG card, uh, I just had some filmmaker friends who were super supportive and they were like, we want to help you tell a story. And uh, so I made my first film uh, called Chat Room, which is super dark. Um, that was on Bloody Disgusting's World of Death, uh, I believe in August of last year. And then, yeah, Lovers came out and I, I can't believe the reception has gotten today. It's it released today, and it's it's really overwhelming. I've never oh actually God. seen people like live comments and like I don't know. It's it's just been so fascinating and so exhilarating and like nerve wracking. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a deeply it's a deeply personal story, obviously. Um, but it, it sparked some really wonderful conversations. And uh, the funny thing is. My birthday is actually on Valentine's Day, so this is oh, all. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Happy so my birthday, birthday is on. Yep, Thank so you, my so daughter. <laughs> Happy birthday. It's your daughter's birthday? No, no, yep. we're saying happy birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is your no, daughter's birthday. Is, yeah, it's Lydia's birthday. Lydia's <laughs> birthday, small world. That's right. Oh, we just goodness. bought her. I, I've just bought her 16. some leggings. <laughs> oh, wow. happy birthday Legg to her. Leggings with serial killer names all over them. Oh, yeah, that's what I bought her. It's, uh, it's love, you know, you got to do that. Um, so um, congratulations once again that your film dropped today. But, I mean, it's been uh, pretty popular on the on the horror circuit. You you, you did a really well. Uh, you've gotten to several festivals, including Sitka's, which is like Stitches or Stitches. I always mess that up. But the one in, I really, I, one I haven't yeah. been to because it's in Europe. How was that? Mm. Oh, my God. I... I got that email, honestly. So it premiered at Horrible Imaginings. Uh, Miguel Rodriguez runs that out in California, and that couldn't have been a better start. To I've never been to film festivals before. This is the first film I ever saw on the big screen with people that I made. Um, well, congrats. So, I know that's such a weird and wonderful feeling, isn't it? Oh, my God. I, I made my boyfriend, um, who's also a horror filmmaker, sit in the aisle so that I couldn't, like, run away. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I want to watch everybody else's, but I think I might throw up if I have to watch mine with everybody. And he was like, you have to stay and watch this. Um, so it's, 
it's just been thrilling and like it, it there is no feeling like it um and everyone's been so wonderful and supportive so it, it toured around the states a little while and then yeah one morning I got an email Barcelona time and uh <sighs> I like I was actually on the phone with my producer Keaton Wooden because we were writing uh we wrote a sci-fi feature together which we're still working on and so we were kind of going back and forth with notes he's in Chicago I'm in New York and uh the email came through when we were going back and forth about notes and um I was just like Keaton shut up oh my god and he was like what are you okay and I was like dude we just got into sieges he was like holy shit are you are you serious and I was like yeah we had to go to Spain dude um and it was it is one of the greatest experiences of my life um they were honoring Sam Neill for like a lifetime achievement award I saw the lodge and the lighthouse and like their cinema there, I think it fits like 2,000 people. Um, it is so grand. They show films like 24 hours a day, horror nonstop. You're just around your people, you know? It's so Which nice. venue is that? Because um, I actually got to go to Barcelona this year, so I actually have a little bit of a clue about the layout of the town. Which Which venue is it actually in? It's actually in a town called Sieges, so that that was yeah. super confusing to me, which is about half an hour south of Barcelona. Yeah, it's on the way to Valencia, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Um, what was that big theater's name? It's in Sieges, and it's at the top of a hill. Oh, I oh, can't remember so cool. the name of it at the moment. That's okay. Yeah, it's- it's such an unusual spot, but you're self-contained for the festival, I've been told. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, you can see films. It, you have to make sure to eat because you can <laughs> just sit and watch films all day and night. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, I, I had never been before. Not that I could necessarily afford to just be like, oh, I'm going to go to Spain. Um, but just going and meeting the filmmakers like I've made friends that I'll know for the rest of my life filmmakers who you know you kind of meet overseas and those bonds seem to be a little stronger than you know when you are at home um so yeah the fest it was just magical it it was unbelievable and I just missed JK um because he came like a day after I had to leave yeah, I knew he was up there. I was wondering if you guys met. Uh, so um, we have mutual acquaintance. Uh, Stacey Pippi of the Ethereum Film Festival was just at Days of the Dead. I've been, like, oh, we've yeah. been talking for a couple of years. She hooked me up with Don Fields, who did Fragile Storm, and she's been on the show as well. Uh, and so your, your, your uh, film lovers did tour with Ethereum Film Festival for a bit. Yes. Um, I didn't make the full festival, but I made semi-finalists with them um and they were they they were fantastic i'm just so excited to be included with what they have created um that's so cool horror is such a small world i love that yeah you know it is i mean it is funny because like you know jk introduces you to, uh you know to hooks us up and then you know stacy and now you know us you know three people you know the world uh, and miss raven yeah. um she's been chilling and had her deep dive your your uh your catalog with me uh so you and so does she have any questions you'd like to field 
Well, first of all, um, I was really just blown away by Lovers. It is so beautiful. It's like a nightmare ballet, and I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoyed it. It gave me goosebumps. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I think, like, a lot of times when I watch movies, I try to, whether consciously or subconsciously, I'm I'm relating it to myself. And um, in this case, I am actually working through getting over a breakup with a narcissist, and I was in a an abusive relationship and I felt like I recognized a lot of moments when I watched lovers today. Um, and yeah. I was wondering, um, how much, how much of this, um, toxic relationship aspect was born before you started filming and how much of it became, um, came to the forefront after you got actors and the rest of the crew involved. Good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Um, so first of all, I'm so sorry that you can relate to this film. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> I hate that people can um, right. relate relate to this, but I am glad that I've you know in some way been able to create something that can start conversations because I think right. abuse, um, you know, be it financial, emotional, physical whatever. Um, And it goes for men and women because men find themselves in situations like this as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I I hate that people can relate to this, but again, I'm, I'm glad that this can address something that affects them. And, and I, I specifically didn't put a lot of dialogue to it because Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to make this, this story, like my story, I didn't want to make it too specific because I, I think that takes away from the viewer being able to, like you said, really relate to it personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, honestly, I, I was in an abusive relationship for about two years. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into uh, details or names or anything like that, but um, sure. mm-hmm. I had a dear, dear friend of mine, um, she just kind of saw me falling apart and, uh, she was like, what the hell's going on? And, uh, my dear friend, Jamie, and, um, I was like, okay, this is going on. I, I, I don't know. And she helped me work. She listened to me and she helped me work through it. And I was able to leave this person. And, uh, it was, it was like losing a limb because I didn't know how to be without him. Um, right. But I didn't know how to survive with him, and so I, I had, I basically told him I never wanted to see him again, and I left it, and I haven't spoken to him since. And uh, wow. but that night, I went to bed just, I mean, just not crying, just like my mother was just like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I might come home forever. I don't know." Um, and oh. so I went to sleep that night. And Lovers is, the film is basically the nightmare I had that night. Was, oh, wow. wow. I basically dreamed the entire film. Um, and I woke up the next day, <laughs> and my mother called, and she was like, do you want to come home? And I said, no, I have something to do first. And then I called wow. one of my dearest friends, 
John Klein, who was my VP on this, who is just one of the greatest human beings in the world. Um, and he was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. We have to make this movie. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And so I, that was my therapy. Um, wow. So honestly, yeah. the entire, yeah. So, so to answer your question, um, it was all pretty much there. I, I feel like my subconscious uh-huh. broke and like finally gave me these weird images. And of course I like worked on the, the narrative a bit and, you know, made it, I, I refined it and kind of worked on it. Um, but yeah, my, my brain was finally like, this is what's been happening to you. Right. Um, so yeah. Wow. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad it came out in this form and I do theater for the exact same reason. It is my church. It is my therapy. And without it, I don't know how to communicate to the world at all. Um, so um, I think this is beautiful. Like what came out of pain and trauma has turned into something really beautiful. That's going to help a lot of other people. Thank you so much. That, that, that means so much to me. <laughs> Thank you Absolutely. so much. For that. Sure. Um, question about the 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 dream to follow up on that. One obviously one of the striking images of your movie, without getting too spoilery, because we want people to yeah. click on it, is your image of seeing yourself in the mirror of the man. Uh, was that from your dream, or was that something that came along in the process? That was actually in the dream. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I, and I think it's partially because of this. A lot of people have uh, compared it to a Maya Darren film. Um, yes. Uh, I would say that. Yeah. Of, yeah, absolutely. You kind of look like her, too. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah it, it's so funny. I hadn't actually seen that film before I made this. Um, but uh, so many people told me about it. But... Um, what I wanted to say, though, um, no, the mirror was always in my dream, but I think that's because I used to have this Renee Marguerite um, print um, in my room that I would stare at before going. It's like the last thing I would see before going to sleep, and it's the, you know, the classic apple in front of the, the uh-huh. man's face with the bowler yeah. hat. Um, Son of so Man. That, sorry? Uh, Son of Man. That's one of my faves. Son of Man, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's absolutely one of my favorites. I had that print in London. Like, I brought it back with me. It just traveled around with me. And so I think I love Renee Marguerite's work so much, and that especially. And so I think maybe just staring at that for years, like, put that in Mm. my brain, and then my brain just replaced the apple with a mirror that lied to me. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the only way I can kind of explain it. <laughs> well, it's it's not just a lie, like the mirror's lying to you. Clearly, the, your character in the story is lying to themselves as well with the mirror, uh, which is yeah. really kind of powerful, actually, through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's That's the thing that stuck with me quite a bit, and I'm sure a lot of people, that imagery is sticking with them, and that was really, really cool. And you mentioned Maya Tarrant and Gay Magritte in the same paragraph. They're like two of my favorite artists. Oh, my God. Um, my favorite yeah. is the is the um, one with the, de- with the uh, train coming out of the fireplace uh, uh, at the, uh, the mantle. 
It's in Chicago uh, at the Art Institute. I've stood many, many minutes in front of that thing (laughs) in Chicago. Like when I go visit Chicago, I have to go visit that painting. So, <laughs> absolutely the same. I used to live in Chicago. We shot lovers in Chicago. I oh. love Chicago, and every time I go to the institute, I stand in front of that exact painting too. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we have so much in common. It's so cool. I love Chicago. Yeah. Chicago is absolutely wonderful, and the Art Institute is probably my favorite museum in the United States, art-wise. I mean, it is it's so cool. Yeah. The, the Field Museum is a close second. I mean, boy, is that a neat museum. But, uh, you yeah. know, I'm, I tend to lean towards the Natural History Museums as a rule. But something about the artist, too, especially upstairs in the Renaissance area, like the first time I walked through there and saw what examples they had, my heart started to pound. Like I've never, like, been that excited about still life in my entire existence, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it's I, a cool place. Totally. It's like a church. You're, you're like in, or, or, I don't know, it's so, there's just something so special about that museum. I totally agree with you. It's funny, though, every time I've gone, which is only three, but for someone that doesn't live in Chicago, it's actually pretty good. Um, I've yeah. never seen American Gothic. Oh really? Oh, no, <laughs> it's never been there. It's always been. Are you floor. allowed to live here? I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I always <laughs> would miss it. It's, uh, Chicago. Uh, do you? Did you? On a completely digressing note, do you ever go eat at Ed DeBevick's when you're in Chicago? At DeBevick's? Yeah, Ed DeBevick's. Ed DeBe- if you don't what know that. Okay. Ed DeBevick's is a traditional, in quote, quote, traditional diner food type place with really good milkshakes and things along those lines. But it's an mm-hmm. actor. It, they hire actors there. And the actors are, are total jerks. Matter of fact, the, um, the, uh, mon- the mantra is the food is fresh, but the help is fresher. Uh, <laughs> and so, so it, it originated that whole like attitude waitresses thing. It's so much better than I'm explaining it. It is so much fun. <laughs> I highly recommend. And it's it's a, for me, it's always been one of those Chicago staples, like going to uh, Giordano's. You got to do that while you're there. <laughs> so you know, Giordano's pizza, uh, you know, or, or oh, going to Western and getting Greek food. Uh, so you know, there's oh, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah, I've missed out. The next time I'm there, I have to go to Ed DeBevick's then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I took my 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 husband there before we were married, and he didn't. I didn't tell him what was about to happen, and they started. <laughs> and and, oh, and no. the reason why Aaron is laughing because he knows exactly how Paul responded expanded to that, and events, and and then we they wouldn't come over and talk to us anymore because they were afraid of him. <laughs> oh no. Hilarious. It was hysterical, but I still had a great time with him. But anyway, I, like I said, I digress. Uh, you know, so Chicago. So you filmed in Chicago. And were you actually in Chicago, or were you in the burbs when you did it? Uh, we were in Pilsen, actually. Um, ah. Yeah, yeah. So kind of south of the Loop, but just. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very like I love it down there. It's a very artsy neighborhood. Um, but yeah, for the budget. I wanted to get a soundstage, but I, could, I couldn't afford a soundstage. Like, uh, space would have been fantastic if, you know, I had all the money in the world. But I basically needed to find a blank space. So I found this wonderful gallery um, in Pilsen at, at, with, like, movable walls. And I was like, you know what? We're going to make this work. Um, 
so yeah, it was freezing cold in February. Um, and oh, yeah, the first, oh, it was horrible. And of course the first day of filming, I'm in a freezing cold bathtub, basically in a garage in February oh. in Chicago, calling action from the tub. <laughs> so, oh, that's badass. Um, but I wouldn't give it up for anything. I mean, it was, it was thrilling. And my crew, yeah, Chicago people are just good people. I, I just, I love Chicago. And they're so open to that, like the more avant-garde, more abstract things, and even in their art and their dancing there, uh, they've never really totally. like, you know, they've always been really expansive when I was there, which still to date me, the, indus- the, the industrial and techno there was some of the best I'd ever heard, um, you know, yeah. so uh, I still think they have a pretty decent underground music scene there, actually, uh, and, you know, and of course, the jazz musicians and Buddy Guy, Green Mill, and all the cliches, wonderful things about Chicago, uh, oh, yeah. for John, you know. So, uh, but but getting back to your movie, and and yeah. um, Raymond, do you have any? We, we're we're pushing on the last five minutes. And we'll let, Raymond, do you have any final questions before we let her plug her stuff? I just got one more. I figured you did. Um. <laughs> I really loved the color palette happening yeah. in Lovers. And, it's um, funny. I feel the same way, too. <laughs> just, oh, oh, man. Just great choices. And I know that when I'm doing theater, the budget often restricts how close to a palette I have in my brain that actually ends up on stage. Um, did, did that sure. vision change at all due to budget? Or were you able to just pluck it out of the, your dreams like the other stuff? Well, I, I mean, my, my subconscious can only go so far. So I had, I had really wonderful production designers. Um, it kind of helped me with that. My, my gaffers and designers. Um, I, I knew I wanted it to be black and white and red. Um, <laughs> and I knew I wanted the lighting and the projections around the, the action to, to change. And I wanted that lighting to change and those colors to shift. Um, I wanted to, start really like warm in the morning really comforting almost Romeo and Juliet under the sheets and then Mm -hmm. kind of moving towards the inevitable end which I won't spoil um but moving into colder tones but I wanted to really keep you know the boys in black and white um uh the woman I rarely refer to her as myself but um the the woman is in white um with red accents that grow um so yeah, the black and white and red was really important to me. Um, and then just kind of finding out what the, the tones of the world, the changing world mm-hmm. around her would be. Um, yeah. That was more of a collaboration. I just knew black, white, and red, and then let's build on that. Wow. Well, it looks it, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, and once you. again, thank you for being on the show. Uh, we yeah, we fortunately don't have the money to continue uh-huh. on to another hour, but, um, or we could <laughs> talk a little longer, but I do want you to say, cause uh, obviously it's dropped where they can find it and talk a little bit about altar real quick. We can go over. Don't worry. It won't, it won't yell at us or anything. Um, and where <laughs> you can see it in person and uh, any yeah. other films, which I know you do have up the pipe. You've got a few films you're working on. So once you, Plug your stuff. Plug my stuff. Um, cool. Thank, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. This is so fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the best way of kind of navigating where to find the link for lovers 
is actually going to Facebook and going to the Alter page. Um, so it's A L T E R, um, and it's at Watch Alter. Um, so there's there's a link there for the Facebook link. Um, that currently has 32,000 views, which is insane to me. Wow. Um, Jeez, nice. It's, That's officially it's, viral. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know what the requirements for viral are, but um, I think it's, you want to know the answer to that? It's actually 1,000 views. Really? Yep. There you go. <laughs> I've gone viral, guys. That's so cool. Yes, you um, have. <laughs> Yay. Um, that's so that's so amazing. Well, I I think that's the best, probably the best way to find it. Um, and uh, so the views are there. Um, you can also go to the altar. A YouTube site, um, just typing Alter in the search engine. Um, yeah, so that that's going to be playing for a month exclusively on Alter. And then, uh, yeah, I I really look forward to hopefully working with them in the future. And then, um, yeah, as far as other projects, I, uh, I have a really exciting feature coming up, um, working with my uh, partner and filmmaking partner, Justin Brooks. Uh, we've co-written and will co-direct a horror feature uh, later this year. Um, Yay! I can't. Yeah, I know it's so exciting. Well, and we have the amazing producer Andrew Corkin involved. He produced Martha Marcy May Marlene. Um, oh, just such a a visionary producer. So supportive of us. Um, we're nearing <clears throat> financing at the moment, so I really look forward to uh, being able to share much more information about that. Uh, that film is called Kept, uh, K-E-P-T, um, and yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a story very close to our hearts. Um, I I couldn't ask for a better filmmaking partner or partner, um, and uh, yeah, and then a couple other exciting projects coming up, um, but I can't really talk about them yet. So I I would love <laughs> to touch base um, sometime in the in the near future, so I can hopefully. Talk about well, this stuff, but um, you have but yeah. my emails. And as soon as the NDAs go away, you can give <laughs> us a call, and we will definitely have you on air anytime. I mean, we're a live show for a reason, so if you're bored, you can pick up the phone and give us a call. <laughs> you know, that's what we're here for. Uh, you know, and and it's a really good time to be. I it, it's female women directed horror is 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 peaking out right now, and 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 in a good way. I like. I mean, peaking. You know, we're we're hitting a real wonderful time period because you know, with Gigi getting the uh, ten thirty one, she's one of our geeks, uh, and then you you're you're gonna do your first yeah. feature, which is amazing. Uh, you know, yeah. um, Stacy Pippi is working her ass off on the Ethereum Film Festival. Um, I'm trying Absolutely. to think. There's a there there's there's a great time to be a film a horror geek and a, a geek girl and so congratulations we can't wait to see what else you do um, please yeah. call in anytime oh and Jill Six she just she just wrapped on the stylist feature yesterday oh, I saw that they, yeah awesome. so so many times involved with that I'm so proud of her that's so awesome I'm an associate I'm an associate producer on that. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're I'm famous. Just her, I just gave her a bunch of money, but I gave her a bunch of money. It was so cute though, because I gave her like larger than most people would, right? And she immediately, Mike, Facebook page. Did you mean to do that? And I'm like, 
Yes, Jill. <laughs> I just locked your your film so you have me. Oh my God, I'm gonna make. Because what I did is I pushed her over the envelope oh. so she could so she could continue getting money for the campaign. So I was like, I can push her over that. Uh, and 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 so I, I'm so happy to watch all these wonderful. Oh my God, it's like it's like watching family and like friends grow. You know what I'm saying? Like watching their seeds change over totally. the years. And, so I'm uh, so excited for everybody. So am I, well, I'm I'm so glad to be in touch with you guys, and that's that's so I, I'm just so pleased to be in this community. I'm so glad to have finally found my people. It's it's just <laughs> such a it's just an exciting time to be making horror. Well, let's let's hope that we can meet somewhere at a horror convention or film festival in the near future. Because even though it, yeah, we 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 serve, at some point we, our worlds will collide. I am sure. <laughs> Absolutely, and I really look forward to that. Excellent. Oh, well, Chicago or L.A. <laughs> or Austin, any of those places will be fine. Kansas City, for that matter. <laughs> Spain. Let's go to Spain. Uh, I'm I'm up for some tapas. How about you? <laughs> always, 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 always up for tapas and red wine. It's my bad. It, it, that's my jam right there. All right. Well, Miss Emily, thank you for being on the show. We have to wrap it for the night, or I would talk to you longer. But please call in if you like our subjects to say, hey, I got a lot to say about this. We, we'll let you talk all you want. Believe me, I sh- I, I need to mm-hmm. shut up more and let more people talk. To it. That's not what it is. Uh, but that's why I have a podcast. thank you so so much for having me on and um i will absolutely be in touch and i i yeah i love what you guys are doing keep keep it up and thank you again for having me thank you much love much love and madness and good film hunting so uh everything so uh yep hang hang up and i'll cry Go ahead. I can't. I can't hang you up. So you'll have to hang up yourself. <laughs> no, you say goodbye first. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We love you. Okay. Bye, guys. It's always so hard to hang up at the end of these things, man. Awesome. See, you still there. And that was Miss Emily. No, but I didn't say that. Oh, no, we do love her. That was Miss Emily Bennett, uh, and uh, Lovers is L-V-R-S for people that didn't get that. It's not Lovers spelled out. It's L-V-R-S. Alters, you can get it through the YouTube channel, through Facebook. Go watch it. Go watch it. It's cute. Yeah. It's, well, I, I don't know if cute's the right word, but, I'm you know, gonna. for me, I call it called cute. It's, it's so uh uh, I will post a link on the Facebook page as well. And uh, once again, congratulations on the film and congratulations to Jill Six for rapping and uh, Soskos for having their Canadian release of Rabbit last weekend. I mean, there's a great time to be a female into horror right now. Thanks again to Janessa Jane and now who is now the witch queen of the Red River. And of course, our sexy porn witch. How are we doing? Is she still there? Yeah. Oh, there she is. Hey, I was giving you a hug, a virtual hug, because I had a great time this weekend. I did have a great time this weekend with you as well, and I got home safely driving to and from. So, yay, virtual hugs. And even though the Oscars were a mixed bag, it was still a delight. It was nice and surprising, and we like that too. And Raven, I know you only could call in for the uh, interview, but thank you for calling in. And thank you for your questions. Those were questions I wanted to ask.
but they came out better from you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Whatever. But, yes, you're welcome. No, it was good back and forth. It was really yeah. interesting, really entertaining. Yeah, she's, yeah, I'm she's serious. Really I'm going to track down her stuff. Well, I, good. I can't I know. wait. I'm yeah, really interested. <laughs> Yeah, she's 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 just burgeoning and and she's gonna explode and that's wonderful and right you know it, it, it's it's so neat to see and Aaron Kogan always a pleasure to, I can't wait to see you next week so I'm we'll so probably to it. Friday night in Lebec um, we're gonna try you know we're I have the Motel Six with two beds so you get to you get one Sweet. of those beds so <laughs> we'll meet. Probably meet around six ish up there, I figure. So I'll see you up in Fraser Park. We're gonna be in the FPO. Yeah. FPO, yes. <laughs> so um I gotta go to the thrift shop and get my costume together. I still haven't done that yet. So Sexy Witches, I wanna say this was a wonderful show, but it's the only one for February. Everyone say aw. Aw. Uh we will come back on March tenth. Which is, um, and the reason why is because I have a guest, uh, Richard Tanner from Atlanta, Days of a Dead Atlanta, the director of Frankenstein, and uh, Frankenstein created Bikers, and the soon-to-be uh, Mother Noose Once Upon a Nightmare, which is a remake oh, of nice. his first movie, which is cool because he was on my panel talking about his first movie, and now he's actually got the money to make it. So, <laughs> you know, and so he's remaking his first film. That's right. You're, I, I was wondering. I thought that was Monster Mania weekend. So we're gonna. That's gonna be a great episode. There may be a Repo Nerds on the 27th of this month, which is February, and I think it's gonna be David Lynch. But I haven't confirmed that with my co-host Steve, the Wizard of Wandling, yet because I don't know if you noticed during the Oscars. Uh, uh, David Lynch got an honorary award and nobody he saw did. it. Oh, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so did Gina Davis, who looked fabulous so, uh, that night. He also has a little. <laughs> oh my God, did Gina look uh, amazing? Yeah. Does she ever age? What the hell, man? No. She doesn't age, and she's uh, in Mensa, and, and she's an Olympic freaking archer. God and damn, without her, girl. we wouldn't have Brad Pitt. Like she, she like discovered yeah. Brad Pitt. Like someone discovered Mount Everest. Like he was already there. <laughs> yeah. But without Gina Davis, the rest of the world yeah. wouldn't know. Well, that's how I feel about Sharon Stone and Russell Crowe. Yeah, same thing happened there. Right. She discovered him. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, everybody. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna finish. Finally, finish for Steve. Finish Twin Peaks and watch Firewalk with me, nice. and maybe even the Showtime. I'm probably gonna cram them on our trip. Uh, Aaron, because it's going to be a lot of playing time, a lot of driving. So uh, yeah, so that's what's going to happen. David Lynch? Did you see the David, David Lynch? Lynch also has a... Ugh. Did you see the? Oh, David I've got Lynch all the DVDs. <laughs> can you hear and me? I got like well, two, I two different you, versions of June. <laughs> yes, I can hear you, Raven. I, and yes, I ha- I can totally hear you. Raven. I have oh, the. It's Aaron. I, <laughs> I have the David oh, Lynch Aaron? June, <laughs> and I have the Alan Smithy oh, June. Oh my God. Uh, it's girl Aaron trying talk. to talk. Well, but he has <laughs> I was gonna say, did you, you see that David Lynch has a new short film on Netflix? No. Is it I new or is it from? Yet, but I will. Yeah. Is it? Is no, it's it new. Right? I don't remember the name of it, but it's, it's like him and a talking monkey. 
<laughs> yeah, if I have a short film DVD, and I thought it was on that too, but I guess it's newer. I was Possibly. told it was new. It was made by I Netflix. Okay. Well, I can Google. I don't know. <laughs> if you can let us know. Let us know. We'll, we'll be interested to hear your uh, opinion on that. So we got to go. We're going over budget. Um, so we'll oh. leave you all tonight. Once again, so maybe the 27th will be Repo Nerds. The Sexy Witches will be back. And we're going to be talking. Oh, I should tell you the subject. The subject of that episode will be, drum <laughs> roll, folk and fairy tales. So folk and fairy tales. So we will Ooh. definitely, and we're we're not just horror movies, but we'll talk about grim fairy tales and all sorts of nice and dark and stormy nights. Because uh, Richard is very, he loves that shit, and I do too, as we know. I mean, Midsummer made all of our top tens. <laughs> so you know, yeah. there's that. So, uh, so we'll see you all. Thank you again, Sexy Witches, and thank you to my guest, Janessa J., the witch. Oh, no, she's a correspondent, the, the witch queen of Red River, and Emily Blanett. That was a lot of fun, and thank you all, Sexy Witches. We're going to leave you a night with my unofficial theme from uh, Days of the Dead. There's a, there's a story behind it I don't have time to talk about now, but it's a classic. It's Witch Image by Ghost on the prequel album. Have a good evening. Good film hunting. Blessed be. And... Good night, everyone.